honestly, I think most of the memes I do know are just parodies of Josh because when Josh, you know, I was younger, I thought Josh was the funniest guy ever. And so I just like pair with these. <laughs> and now that I'm older, hey. that's changed. <laughs> hey. okay, hey. Hello there. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Talk to me, Goose. You steal the Declaration of Independence. Fine, so I could do this all day. Are you watching closely? Welcome everybody to the One Eyed Film Podcast. I'm your host Seth Mossberg, and we got the boys here. We usually call them the Nolan Bros, but we are disregarding that name for now because it's not a Nolan movie for once. Aren't you relieved? Finally, I feel like we do that a lot. <laughs> it's okay. We're going to be talking today about culture versus entertainment, with the premise of does culture influence entertainment or does entertainment influence the culture? I have a feeling Will has a lot of intellectual thoughts, and Josh will bring some sort of average. <laughs> average thoughts. Hey, <laughs> I was to say that slightly above average, at least. <laughs> okay, so I'm the below slightly average person. Above average. We just need to get something sure, that Josh cares about, like there. finances or physical therapy or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> PT. And you business. think I care about finances? My finances are pizza rolls and tuition. <laughs> That's finance. Gas yes, money. Classic college kid. All right. I got a scooter. I scoot around. I don't you got need a gas. Scooter? I got a scooter. Yeah, although did, it has a flat Did you see right your now. money? Anyways, I guess we could start off just make kind of a one sentence answer of do you th- which way do you think it is? Is it culture influencing entertainment or entertainment influencing the culture? And then we can talk more about it. I think it actually goes both ways. We have culture influencing the industry and entertainment and everything. I have quite a few examples of that, but we also have entertainment in Hollywood and everything that they're putting out also influencing the culture that we know today. And I think it's really interesting that it can actually go both ways because it's like it's like the Bible verse as so as iron sharpens iron, also one man sharpens another. But iron can also make iron more dull in the same way. So like mm-hmm. it's it's this big relationship between people running entertainment giving people just some sort of product in the product e or the people getting the product can also be influenced as well as the people who are putting out that product are just trying to just put out the greatest thing and sometimes the best way to put out the greatest thing is just talk directly to the customer you know that's a very that's a very business major answer i would expect that yeah (laughs) marketing yeah i also like the uh you know the traditional it's kind of both it's kind of you didn't even answer it just gives a non-answer it, it's it's both. Okay. That's how Here. these things tend to go. It's like, I'm not really for one thing. I, I think yeah. they both matter. Okay. <laughs> let me let me give you two examples of how it's how it is both though, so yeah, I can I it. can defend my case. The Sonic movie. The culture bullied a studio into redoing basically a whole movie because they didn't yeah. like the way that Sonic looked. That is definitely the culture influencing entertainment. I also think of No Way Home because that was definitely like a the studio conforming to whatever the audience wanted like they wanted all three spider-man to be in the same movie so they did that they knew that that's what the culture wanted so they made it not because they maybe wanted to follow that direction but because the culture influenced them in the way of basically like everyone talked about how cool it would be to have all three spider-man together so that's one instance of how culture influences entertainment but entertainment also influences culture in the form of i think one of the greatest contributors to society right now memes (laughs) I think movies nowadays have a way of, like, reshaping how people talk to each other. Like, the amount of times movie quotes come up in just normal conversation and just how we think of unintentionally, like, oh, I'm going to 
quote Kronk just because <laughs> because this movie is in my head even though it's not like a direct influence in that regards like that's still influenced like your thought is changed because of this movie but also hollywood nowadays is trying to push a lot of wokeism into the world and it's definitely working like the the culture is conforming to it a lot and you see a lot of people being much more pro pro this pro that in some of the faces that people are using for these movements are for movies. I think of Spider-Gwen, for example. Everyone was using her as kind of a face for pushing transgender stuff because of the way that her colors were, or the color of her, colors of her suit, and in a few scenes you can see, like, protect trans kids flags, like, in the new Across the Spider-Man, or Across the Spider-Verse movie. Like, you see, you see Hollywood putting this out, and then the culture taking it, digesting it, and then kind of just following suit because they were influenced by the way that they felt while they watched the movie or while they heard this story from another person. So two instances in both cases where it can work both ways. But I do, I'll save it for later, but I do think one has more power over the other. But I want to hear Will's thoughts first before I say which one I think has more power. Before we, before Will talks, kind of a, just a recap of what you, what you're saying. You're thinking more along the lines of literally meme culture and more or less cyberbullying studios, and we can talk in more in depth about that. But I also want to lean into culture in the sense of our humanity, I guess, our current society. Like I don't want to get into we live in a society, but we live in a, we live in a society. <laughs> but right. when you think about. We'll probably end up talking about the Barbie movie a lot in this episode about how that both inf was influenced by modern feminism, but also how, yes, it, it kind of developed meme culture around it and a lot of quotable moments, but it also probably helped the feminist movement with the feminist ideology in representing that in a movie. And we can talk about that more, but I want to hear Will's thoughts first. Not to like be down on Josh, he does like some very good points. And I think that you can make the argument very well that like it is again like kind of both because there's different approaches to understanding this topic i am currently taking a sociology of pop culture so this is very interesting how that a lot of what i've been learning that kind of ties into that and just like start off into that there's like different ways of how sociologists and sociologists is like basically the study of a society or a culture or a set of values and attitudes that people believe so it's kind of like how you look at that and um, there's different ways that sociologists have like understood pop culture so there's like three main ways that sociologists kind of understand pop culture and how like it's formed because pop culture doesn't necessarily mean is kind of what we're talking about here it's like the things that everyone knows maybe not everything everyone likes but it's, it's like ubiquitous so like the kardashians like a lot of people don't necessarily like them or what they do but everyone knows who they are they're a part of pop culture and because like they're ubiquitous and so there's kind of like some three different approaches i'm not really gonna go deep into this because we don't need to but just to kind of understand from my perspective and to give a quick answer to the culture and entertainment thing i generally give it the idea that culture I'm, I'm assuming josh is going to say this that i generally adhere to the idea that culture informs entertainment because entertainment is ultimately just a product of culture because it's just an outlet it's the same thing like with memes memes are just like people expressing an idea or something funny that they want to get across that being said however entertainment because it's an expression of culture it can influence culture again but there's we can maybe get into this a little bit later but there's some different ways like so entertainment comes out of culture but then it's made for something it's made to influence culture but then it's received 
by people differently and, and uh, people can interact with that differently and then form something different than what was intended or originally there. Every movie definitely has a message. And I think that's what has been indoctrinated into me since a young age from my parents. And I greatly appreciate that, that every movie has a message. It's our job to figure out what the message is. And sometimes it's more cut and dry. Like it's pretty simple. But then there are movies like the Barbie movie that are like, what is the message? I legitimately need to figure it out. Like, is it anti-men? Is it a spoof on gender roles? Is it a comedy that's, I mean, it is a comedy, but like what level of comedy? Is it a serious comedy? There's a movie called Don't Look Up that I believe got some hate for its very political views about, I don't even know. I didn't watch it. I just know that it leaned heavy into the political message of it. So every movie has a message and it's our job as Christians personally on an individual level to determine what the message is in it. Is it good? Is it bad? What can we learn from it? And that's why we have this podcast so that we can encourage people to watch movies discerningly. That's why we call this a one-eyed film podcast is it references the passage in Matthew where Jesus talks about if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out for it is better to go into heaven without an eye than into hell and with both. I believe that's the passage. I really should memorize that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's about being discerning, knowing what's good for you and what's bad for you and getting rid of the stuff that's bad for you so that you can be more Christ-like. I guess as I'm realizing in our in our couple minutes of talking that this is a much bigger question than just Christian values or even social values. Josh, you're bringing up meme culture is a great point. Like meme culture can influence movies and entertainment and entertainment can influence culture in sort of memes. Why don't we do that first? Because that's more lighthearted and then we can get into the more philosophical. What are some of your favorite movie memes that you're either sometimes even daily daily brought up just because they're so ingrained in your brain josh has some answers at least six to seven times a day i will say <laughs> oh yeah it's all coming together <laughs> at least six or seven times okay so, but that movie came out so long ago i guess not so long ago it's still it's still in here it, it's it, become it, like it, an underrated it's become such an underrated gem i think mostly because of the memes like isn't it yes. called like what's it called like living Amber's rent-free in my head or something like that. Oh, that. Like that's, like, yeah, like that's basically the epitome of that, of Kronk's, not Kronk's, of the Emperor's New Groove. Like it just basically is just so well known because of the memes. It actually pays rent in my head and rent <laughs> is the cost of my sanity. Uh, it, it, it's declined ever since, ever since I watched that movie. Oh. At six years old, I watched it and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to base my entire personality off of this. So Josh likes Emperor's New Groove. Will, is there anything that you think about every every day, every so often, a meme that is from a movie? I think I've been more indoctrinated into the meme culture because as I've grown more connected to the internet, I think to think of some examples, I guess I don't really think about this that often, but like you did it recently, like the Star Wars memes, mm-hmm. like for the prequel trilogy, it's like, I have the high ground or all those types of ones, I guess kind of those things. Honestly, I think most of the memes I do know are just parodies of Josh because when Josh, when I was younger, I thought Josh was the funniest guy ever. And so I was just like, pair with these. <laughs> And now that I'm older, hey. that's changed. <laughs> okay, okay, for instance, for instance, the first time I learned about a vine was because of Josh, because that was the, like, he bumped me one time. He said, little did he know, he ran into Juan Cena. And I had no, I had no idea what he was talking about. Not, no reference, but I thought it was funny, so I would go around and say that. Or, yep. or okay, okay, just one more thing. I was the and funniest you should probably edit this out because it's kind of... Will decided to look up stuff on the internet. <laughs> yeah, like, it took me, like, years later, and then I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Like, that's been my life for, like, the past... I'm Seriously. the greatest at copy and paste at I know, any professor. I know, I know. It was it was oh. quite something. Actually. It was quite something. And what am just, I cutting? Just another, just another example. Yeah. I used to go around saying like the sky is up, the sun is blue, the bird the birds are twerking. Wait a minute, because I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> so I was just kind of saying that because of Josh, because he said it one time. I, I thought it was funny. It, I say that one time. 
one time. We were in recess, and William <laughs> thought it was the funniest thing ever. He started repeating it a lot, and we go back into class, like, the next day. I'm like, hey, William, and he's like, hey, Josh, the sky is up, <laughs> the sky is up, and it's blue, and hang on, wait, what is it? The birds are twerking? Wait, hang on, it's just so funny, and, and the teacher was there, is like, what the, what the heck are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Josh was a bad influence on me for many years. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. When I Still see, up. I was gonna say when I when I think of bad influence, I think of Josh Lunds. What do you mean by that? Nothing, because it's satire. I like sand memes. I have two that I go to. I have I don't like sand from Attack of the Clones, and then I go I use Russell's line from Up when Carl's dragging him along when they're walking on the rocks. He goes sand. I found sand. <laughs> I don't know I why. Know I think it's because I'm a city kid now, and I'm living in the city, and whenever you find sand, it's like an actual <laughs> discovery. It still exists. So that's very simple ways that entertainment influences culture but it's more than just specific memes and and you can define memes as you know repeatable phrases or, or terms but also the popular movies get them such as when barbie came out a lot of people were i mean it also has to do with sound bites on tiktok and instagram and stuff like that where like i'm just ken was a famous one and shredding waves is a lot harder than a lot of people realize that that sound bite that that went around like those types of things become popular very quickly because a lot of people enjoyed that movie and so they found a different ways to use it. But moving with the on the Barbie train, the, it was a very confusing movie because if you ask me what the message of Barbie was, it would... I, I really don't know. It was a very confusing movie. It was obviously a feminist movie through and through. It had some good values of women can be moms, women can be businessmen or businesswomen, but like it wasn't a very biblical movie at all. But a lot of people saw it and would say that it was anti-men. It wasn't just pro-women, it was anti-men. And I can see that. In the case of just kind of the bitterness towards men and the unsatisfying ending of of Ken's arc and not really giving him a conclusion and just saying, you're okay being just a man, you're just Ken. And I know that's the joke, but th that's not a biblical perspective to it at all. I worry sometimes that movies like Barbie influence the culture. And when I mean the culture, I mean society. However many people, millions of people have seen that movie and now will treat men with more disgust than they already do in the in, with the feminist movement in our society now i feel like somebody could come at me and saying oh you're just being whiny because you're a man and you feel like you aren't treated well by women well maybe but i also feel it as a as a society of women just more or less disrespecting men because of this feminist movement of i'm my own person i don't need a man and that's not the biblical way paul says if you don't need to get married and if you don't feel the call to get married then don't get married but other than that God's design is for a man to be with a woman for life. That is marriage. And that is God's call for most people, not everyone. Some people he's called directly into ministry. And so they can focus on him and not be distracted by a spouse. But that is not God's goal for everyone. God didn't make everyone to be single like that. So that's a little theology for you. But when the feminist movement comes along and says, I don't need a man, I can be my own person. Well, now they've just declined the option to reproduce is one of God's commands is to be fruitful and multiply and to honor God in this reflection of marriage that reflects Christ and the church. All of that aside, that's my little spiel about feminism. The Barbie movie did not help at all with countering that argument. And I'm not saying it should have because it's not a Christian movie. You can't expect Christian actions from non-Christian studios, things like that. So I'm not 
ranting about this because I'm upset. I'm just pointing out that Barbie pushed against the biblical perspective and it's going to be harder when movies like that come out and influence the culture and influence people who watch it and take all that was said in there as truth. And it isn't going to help us who are trying to point everyone to a biblical worldview of male and femaleship and how they work together. I think also what you've kind of touched on is we've started to have this idea of small scale influence in large scale influence. I think it's we're all in agreement that it's undeniable that the entertainment in any form of entertainment can highly influence us, but they can also just slightly influence us. We've talked about small influences that it can be just like natural, just the way we talk. Like I'll quote Kronk mm. all the time. I won't think that that is a large influence on my everyday to day life, but it is an influence nonetheless. Whereas you've also brought up that Barbie movie and its message and its themes can be a large influence on someone's life because it's completely changing or possibly changing how someone sees how relationships are supposed to be or just how someone who is single is supposed to act or just this whole feminist movement. That's like ideology changing versus just how I talk, like I'll put a cronk voice on. Like that's <laughs> that's not a big deal. Whereas when it comes to where I believe what roles I believe a man and a woman have in a relationship, that's some pretty big ideology that the entertainment is influencing people. And it's it's there's influence in everything that we consume in entertainment. It just may not be a very big influence or it can be very large. And I think it's very important that we understand like where where it falls in whatever we're watching that is this affecting or influencing me in a way that is changing the way I think about things or is it just is it just making me say something random every once in a while I would say it's it is kind of a spectrum of is this a big influence or a little influence but you bring up wanting to quote Krog all the time language can also be an influence like this is true if you are not careful with what flows into your mind that stuff will start to affect you especially language I would say if yeah. you don't have a strong filter on that that can be a, something that really can ruin your witness of Christ to others if you allow that stuff to to grip a hold of you and and change the way you talk. There is like a difference though I would say like between seeing something and receiving it. Absolutely. Which is I think a very personal individual case by case basis. I mean, and like this is something we're extorted to be worried about. I can't remember the first passage, but you know where it talks about how like your mind is like or your heart is like the wellspring of your I'm getting it confused wrong as I go. Like basically like, you know, like be careful like with what you let into your heart and your mind because that's going to impact how you live. Keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flows the spring of life. Proverbs 4.23. Yeah, there we go. The other thing I was just going to, the other verse that I was thinking about is like Romans 12.2, which says do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. So there is a very much an aspect, typically speaking, Fox. of like seeing something and living in the world, but you know, being changed by it is like you're supposed to be wary of that so that's just something christians are extorted to be aware about if i can piggyback off of that a little bit what you've brought up is that culture as a whole is not a blanket statement from for every person culture is talking about like the the general population right like that's what culture is but that doesn't mean that you are defined by what the culture is i think it's really important for especially us as christians that when we go into entertainment that we are influencing the world in a godly way and not being influenced by the world. The Bible calls us to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's basically just talking about how we are influenced. We need to make sure that we're only influenced by whatever the Bible tells us, that we're influenced by people that we trust and are close to and, and by the church, and that we all have like a godly 
we have godly influences in our life so that we can go into the world and influence them. And the same goes for non-believers too. Like non-believers can watch a movie and be uninfluenced by the movie as well. It's, it's not a blanket statement for us to say that culture is influenced by entertainment because it's different from person to person. But in general, the, the idea is that culture is influenced by entertainment. Yes. How are you influenced by entertainment? I think is the bigger question because this is ultimately like a personal battle of like what you believe, how it affects you as a person. Because I can say that me watching a movie with a ton of language doesn't affect me that much. But to someone who is sensitive to that stuff, they are obviously influenced by that because it changes the way that they are thinking after watching that movie. And I don't find myself influenced, so that's just a difference in from person to person, how one is influenced and one is not. And I just think it's really, really good that William brought it up that it's not... There's no easy explanation because this is a very complex topic. There is an amazing Bible verse. Not that it is more amazing than others, but... Bible does have bars. Bible equals bars. And I want to make Bible that a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, Romans 14, 14 says, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean to anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And jumping to verse 20, do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. <laughs> Bar. Bars. <laughs> That's talking about. Put a B over that and rap. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. No, that's talking about the freedom in Christ and how everyone has different conscience and how they live out their faith may be different. Now, there is some things that lean into morally wrong. You can't live out your faith through sexual freedom. That's just not how that works. But there are certain things. Paul uses the example of eating because that was the problem with Jews versus Gentiles is the Judeo-Christians who believe that they were still under the food regulations of the Old Testament were telling the Gentiles, you can't eat pork anymore. And that's, or meat sacrifice to idols was the big topic. That's, yeah, that was things like that. Topic. Things like that. And Paul was saying, doesn't matter as long as you're not breaking community, as long as you're not causing another person to stumble. Let's say you and your friend go to the burger, the burger place and they decide not to drink. But I mean, you guys are underage, but it's not you directly, but you decide to get a beer. That's not a problem for you, but the person who you're having supper with might have a problem with that. And you don't want to create that temptation for them to have that option. I'm not saying that you getting a drink means they have to drink it, but you don't want to give that availability to your friend. And that's something I, I said in episode zero, which I probably should re-record by now because it's maybe I, I've, I've changed some of my thoughts about it, but it's our theology on what, how, how to watch movies. And I don't want to have any authority in saying what people should and shouldn't watch because I want to just create an, an area for discussion and not say, because I can watch this movie, you should watch this movie. We, the three of us have a mutual friend who does not like to watch a certain genre of movies and their conscience says, don't watch them, those types of movies. And so we want to respect that. And we wouldn't invite them to a movie night with that theme that they don't like in the movies. And that's fair. That's a loving Christian thing to do. And that's what Paul is talking about here. I'm going to go grab a book really quick because I need to grab a quote from it. So give me one. So I have this book by John Stone Street and Brett Kunkel called A Practical Guide to Culture. And in it, I mean, the book is all about culture, but 
in it, there's a lot of good stuff. I would highly encourage anyone to read it. They write, for many Christians, the culture, in quotes, is synonymous with the kind of debauched music, alternative lifestyles, liberal education, alcoholic indulgences, social policies, immodest dress, and sexualized movies that tempt young adults to abandon their morals and their faith. It is the bad worldly stuff out there as opposed to the Christian stuff in here reflected in the statement, the culture is destroying our kids. But we should also distinguish between people and culture. People make culture and are in turn shaped by culture, but equating them with culture is wrong and can even be dangerous. If we see people as culture and culture as the enemy, we likely see people as the enemy and confuse their bad ideas with evil intentions. But culture is not people. Culture is what people do as people. Bars. Bars, man, I that's, love this book so much. It's, that is, it's, a, that's a really good one. It's it's a pretty thick book, but it's it's a good one. That's a very interesting point because there's kind of like a philosophical debate about that. Like, you know, what exactly is a culture? Like, is a culture just is a culture an entity, quote unquote, distinct from a group of people? Like, if you enough people believe in something, does it become something else? Or is culture like just what a bunch of people believe, and you can break it down to like individual like beliefs and stuff like that and so that's like an interesting question and conversation that author is making about that sort of debate but yeah like, i think that's definitely a, a good point though about the fact that especially in the bible where you know we're extorted to like be aware like you're you live in the world not of the world and there's that sort of like dynamic which i think is like important to remember but like, i think he, the author of the quote that you just talked about does also make a point that yes there is something of a distinction where like you can't be completely unaffected by the culture that you're born and raised and lived in because we all are in some cases product of the area that we grew up in and the people that we live under and the the influences that we have and the influences include entertainment which includes movies and meme culture and stuff like that because like, that's kind of like one of the things is interesting about like pop culture and entertainment and how is that we react to it within a certain way so there's kind of like there's a there's something called the critical method of approaching pop culture which is the idea that like studios want your money and how do they get your money is by appealing to what you know, to appealing what's quote unquote cool. I recently watched like a documentary, which was very fascinating, even though it's from the 2000s called Merchants of Cool, which is how media companies will create cool hunters. And these are individuals who like are kind of in certain fandoms and communities and groups, and they know what's popular and what's cool. So it's kind of like a teenager saying, hey, these are the new fads. These are what people like. And then they report to like, media companies who then make more specific ads and marketing campaigns to target what's cool and appeal to the authenticity for teenagers and in order to get people to buy their stuff because the more eyeballs you have on something the more money you're going to likely get mm -hmm. and that's the same thing why like in i think seth you kind of complained a lot about why we have so many sequels and reboots and stuff like that there's a really good quote from the a book i'm reading for my sociology class which talks about the the need for blockbusters it's called and the thing is that the need for blockbusters quote, encourages movie studios to invest heavily in films with a built-in audience and promotional apparatus, particularly sequels, prequels, remakes, and spin-offs of previously successful entertainment properties from comics book to sci-fi novels. And the reason that is, is because it's safer to use what's already popular. Yeah, yeah. And so this is part of the reason why in this modern age, we have so many, there they go again, because it's more <laughs> profitable, because it's safe. Like, if you yeah. if you do anything else, it's you're taking a chance and a risk, and it's just more profitable to not to just use what's already known, what's already popular. That's again like the Sonic thing. That's why the people listen to the fans, quote unquote, is because the fans are going to give them money, and so they listen to them a little bit. But there's another point that has to be made though that these media companies are trying to get your money, and they're trying to sell you what you want. But the thing is, they're really trying to sell you they want you to want. Mm. That which is another point of like <laughs> yeah yeah that's good. That's yeah. you know what you know what that was 
That was bars. That was that bars. Was, that was bars. <laughs> yeah, because that's the entire point of the fact is that they are trying to get you to invest into the things that they want you to invest into, to care about the things they want you to care about mm-hmm. to ultimately benefit themselves. And again, going back to the Merchants of Cool documentary, one of the arguments of that documentary is that there's this sort of like feedback cycle where like media companies will learn what's cool and what's popular. They'll capitalize that, but then they'll go the extra mile because then people will know that, no, like, this is what the media company is doing. So, for example, they kind of make the argument that this is how, like, the, like, why there's so much, like, sexual pornography and stuff like that, and, like, such, why there's such extreme sexual and content and gratuitousness, I think that's the word, within a lot of, like, movies and stuff like that, is because, like, it's sort of like a feedback loop, where just, like, what's, once you find what's cool, then everyone, then it becomes bombarded within culture. So, like, if, like, like the goth subculture, for example, that was a niche thing. But then media companies capitalized that and made it mainstream. It's mainstream. It's no longer cool because the media's on it. And so you have to find something new, something different, and yada, 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 and so on and so on forth it goes. So there's all these so, different factors that are impacting what media companies and entertainment industries are trying to do, ultimately profit for themselves. So what you're kind of talking about now, if if I'm understanding this correctly, is entertainment affecting entertainment where it's no longer like entertainment affecting culture or influencing culture and then culture influencing entertainment back it's entertainment just getting a response from the culture or seeing like what's popular and then other entertainment being influenced by that response that this movie got so like a movie comes out and it's really really popular now the rest of the entertainment industry is going to try and follow suit because of how well or how good that first instance of this scenario happened you know? oh exactly that's i mean it happens all the time like just in, like in regards to animation you guys have already mentioned this in the animation episode but like the into the spider-verse type of animation where it's like a painting come alive or the arcane type of animation that's become more prevalent because they see that it's kind of popular and so they use it that's just like one example of this fact because media companies want to play it safe because then you can kind of have a guarantee of this is what people like and then we can be popular but at the same time you also have the conundrum of once everybody once everybody does it then it becomes boring and mainstream and then you have to find something new something cool something authentic for people to enjoy and that's like that's the whole point of this but the other thing about this is this is kind of like what again is called the, the critical approach where it's like you're just kind of like oh man everything like we consume is just like made by a media company and stuff like that there's that aspect but there's also the interaction method and that's the idea that like we don't just take these as they are we change them consume them differently we interact with these ideas and these movies and these like media and entertainment and we form something different from it with our own interactions on an individual and on a cultural basis and so that's another key point so like memes is a really good example because like you know there's something different between like what a creator is trying to say and trying to have and what the response they are trying to get and what they actually get. So just a pretty, I'd say a good example is the third prequel movie, Revenge of the Sith from Star Wars, which has become very infamous for its memes and its meme culture. It's like got so many good memes to it. And it has a different understanding. People think about it differently than probably how George Lucas wanted it to be received. And so that's just like one example. And then like, you know, meme culture is like, I think a really good example of this. It's just how like different fandoms and different communities are going to have different reactions to like the same thing going to the barbie movie for example like you have different groups of people having different reactions to it like especially like more feminist people probably seeing it in a more feminist light not to get political but like more right wings having more some are like more really against it some of them are kind of oblivion to it there's like different reactions to that because that's the interaction aspect of it 
because there's like different things that a creator might be trying to say with something that they make, but that's separate from how you receive it and how you change it and how you alter it and how you consume it and interact with it on your own. So that could be like even just changing it and making something different. So there's a Far Cry 5 song called, what was it? Keep Your Rifle By Your Side, which is ironically supposed to be kind of like a critique of like right-wing rural people who are really attached to their guns, but it kind of became an anthem for people who really like their guns. And so like the intention and how it was received and how it has been reused in a different context is a different, there's that, that disparity. And so that's kind of like the nice part about this is that you can consume something and from entertainment but you can change it and form a new cultural idea behind it. So the culture is constantly evolving and changing between what's being produced and then what the entertainment industry sees and what they try to produce to try to make money, but then how that's received and that changes what's cool and popular then. And so there's all sorts of like different weird ways and complexities about how this all functions. What we all have come to agree here is that there's no blanket statement for who influences who here, culture versus entertainment. Culture is a very complex word, and it's ever-changing, and it's constantly evolving, as William has touched on. But entertainment also has multiple influences to it, other entertainment and the culture, and the culture influencing the other entertainment. And it's just a giant web of everybody influencing everyone. And we've all kind of just agreed that as Christians, we need to think critically. We need to make sure that we are in the world, but not of the world. And we also had quite a few awesome quotes that were very much bars. William, from your from your class, and Seth, from that awesome book that you had. I guess I'm kind of summarizing and everything. I guess I'm just trying to make sure that I understand as well. No. I mean, just speaking of culture, like, I'm sure if the thing is, like, it's really interesting to you. It's a bit of a side tangent, but just, like, speaking of, like, culture and forming culture, it's really interesting, like, YouTuber culture. And, like, for example, if our podcast ever got big enough, it would develop its own subculture. Like, it kind of already has, like, we say bars a lot. That's a subculture thing. That's so just, not a podcast thing. I, that's a Josh thing. <laughs> no, that, that, that's just, like, an organization thing. They I have, have are you saying I have influence? Oh, Actually, seconds. you make a good point. Like, yeah, everyone has influence and i think that's one of the big takeaways from this is that you are being influenced and you have to be aware of that and you have to be critical of that but you also have to know that like you are an influencer that's like kind of a popular term people throw around nowadays like you know i'm a popular influencer but like on a technical level it's true for every single person you have influence mm -hmm. at your job with the people you work with with your family with your friends with the people you interact with online that's a very big one especially and like that's kind of the thing that we're doing we're trying to have an influence and hopefully the idea is that especially if you're a christian you are trying to have an influence for god and for jesus and for christianity as a whole you're trying to have a positive influence mm -hmm. in whatever role you have just be aware that you are being influenced but you have the potential and the capacity to impact others yeah. will you stole my thunder Oh, dang. I was going to steal your thunder, Dan. Will, you steal, you stole my thunder. No, Will stole my thunder. This was my plan from the beginning of the episode is to have this point. Just wrapping it up. I do think that it is double-sided. That's the whole, it's kind of a conundrum or a paradox where the answer is both, both influence each other. But my takeaway, this is what I'm, this is, this is what, this is what I got is, and this is, this is my challenge to, to you guys and to everyone listening is that you can influence the culture with entertainment. That's the building bridges that I talked about in episode zero, and I'll probably reiterate in a future episode if I if I remake that, of using the entertainment that comes out. You watch it, you maybe listen to our podcast about that movie and make that connection of the gospel and how that connects with this movie. And then you can go to your friend and say, hey, did you see this movie? Did you ever think that this character sacrificing himself 
is a good example of Jesus sacrificing himself on the cross. Something like that. Using that bridge of entertainment to influence the culture and to talk positively about the aspects of the movie. Not necessarily about the movie, but about the good themes of the movie that you got from it. And just being wise. And also be very, very aware that the culture and entertainment is influencing you, whether you like it or not, whether that's social media, whether that's a TV show you like, whether that's a movie you watch, it's all influencing you somehow. And you need to be aware of that and either accept that, accept your fate more or less, or fight against it and and live as Christ lived, as an example and as a witness to him. And not removing yourself from the culture, we're not meant to be in our own Christian hamster ball, but living in the world and using culture to influence culture. I believe, to understand the world around us and be able to have conversations through relationships with others to continue to grow the kingdom. Bars. Amen. Bars and amen. (laughs) Bars and amen. Spitting fire. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching. Be sure to join our Discord, follow our socials. Our Discord is probably going to be hopping with a lot of talk about this. I hope any of you on Discord who are also listening to this, I hope that we have a lot of conversation about this because it is deep and there's a lot more to be said about it. So join us over there. Rate us five stars on all the platforms. Not all the platforms, just the one you're listening to. That's enough. That's all we ask. And uh, share this with your friends if you enjoyed this. Let other people know about it. Until next week, know that you are loved. God bless. Peace out, brethren. I almost forgot to say it. Bye. Bye.